Well, hello and welcome to episode number 468 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I am Carlos and in this week's packed show, one couple are horrified about a small check-in fee with a certain airline we all know and love. Armando takes a look at home flight safety and also Nev is taking a deep dive, well, into a first class seat on BA, but it's not all plain sailing, unfortunately. In the military news this week, Armando is bringing us some stories all about the boom during the Northern Lighting this month. And also, he's got stories all about the museum, the National Museum of the USAF, that welcomes their PT-17 to their collection. So, joining me across the village over in a rather fragrant uh, part of Suffolk in England is, of course, Matt Smith. <laughs> really? I don't, it's, 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 it's lovely here. I, there, there is, there's no smell here. I think it's because literally I'm I'm the top end of the village, so I'm right, right near the fields. Okay. And I, I'm pretty sure that they're they're not um, putting po <laughs> they're not putting potpourri. Thank you, John. I'm I've not spent, putting like potpourri say, I've spent, on the fields. I'm referring to what John was saying. I've spent enough time in your office. I came and visit you in your office office <laughs> on Monday, Tuesday, whenever it was Tuesday. Uh, I think it was. Tuesday, I think it was. Honestly, yeah. he didn't bo- he didn't stop bottom burping. Honestly, it was awful. <laughs> <sighs> It's my office. Yes, so? It's my office. It's my office. Standards, dear boy. Standards. Well, I'm still settling into my new job. Right, that's all all exciting. Rubbish. All exciting. Absolutely rubbish excuse. And also joining us from across the fields, the rivers, and the sunshine covered glens of the UK. It's Neville Bounds. Yes, hello everybody. Well, here we are again. It's Friday night and uh, yeah, it's been a very hectic week for me driving every day, all sorts of places. I've gone through more ad blue this week than <laughs> diesel, I think. It's been one of those hectic times and uh, lots of stationary traffic around our office in Brighton as well, which has been particularly boring. Uh, but nonetheless, I have made it. Uh, for another episode. Don't forget we've got a competition, of course, later oh. on. A new book, uh, thanks to our chums at Grub Street Publishing. So I'll be uh, asking another question later on today. Oh, like that. Very exciting. Yes, mm. very exciting indeed. We, have, uh, we haven't got uh, Armando with us this week, unfortunately, uh, on the show. Uh, but don't panic, because... Not only has Armando put together some great military stuff this week, uh, he's also sent us in a, a little sort of kind of um, greetings video. So, Matt, hit the button. Hey, guys. Sorry I can't be on the show today. It's been a hectic, hectic week. I uh, just got home from uh, recurrent training. I was in Wichita, Kansas at Flight Safety International, which was one of the best training facilities I've ever been to was my second time there and those guys just do such a really really good job of uh, putting you in a full motion simulator in all the challenging situations that you hopefully will never see but uh, really really great training it's always great to go in there I don't think anybody ever says that it's fun to go into the simulator but actually I have a, a little bit of fun going in there mostly because I'm no longer part 135 Uh, which means I'm not a charter operator. I'm not working for a charter operator. uh, And I'm certainly not part 121, which is an airline uh, level training. But uh, as a part 91 owner operator type training, it's uh, it's more of a, what they used to call progressive. It's now an incremental check ride, which means there's no actual check ride that you have to sweat. 
it's just a imagine a matrix at the beginning of the training week and you do a combination of ground school and simulator training where as you go out go through the week they just check the boxes and say yes i'm able to see that um however it was just much less stressful which was great and i got to see nick camacho from apg so really good week of training really good to get back into the simulator do some of the things that uh, didn't usually don't usually get to do and again hopefully don't ever see but uh, back home this week and then just kind of back to the regular grind again sorry i can't be on the show but i've been gone for a week and we've got some uh, family activities that we're planning for this friday afternoon of course uh when the show records it is friday afternoon at 2 p.m uh on the east coast either way uh, you guys have fun and i'll check in with you uh, a little bit later in the show with some military stories Thanks for that, Armando, as always. And uh, I know I know, there's quite a few people in the chat room shed a tear when uh, they find out that Armando can't join us on the show, including uh, Jonathan Warner, who I know is in the chat room this evening. <laughs> but don't panic. Like I said, there is military this week. You know, obviously, Nev's made sure of that. He did uh, make sure that that was added he, into the he, show this he week. Won't, he won't be there for long, by the way, Mr. Warner, because I've just seen him at the top top of a set of stairs. He just sent me a picture of the top of a set of stairs. Oh, that uh, was yesterday, wasn't it, when he filmed the... Um, the B no no two bombs? no 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 he's on, on a, oh, he's still he's, there he's now jumping on a Tui plane to come home oh yeah. oh yeah I think oh, he, he was um he was filming some uh, bombers the other day yes yes By the he, way, I think if if we can't have Armando uh, live I don't think we should have any military section uh, right <laughs> we can't do it live. <laughs> Um, oh, I, I, I'm going to you. I'm going to sort of perhaps suggest that uh, as we do have him on tape, you know, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I, I, you know, no, uh, no, we should honour yeah. honour him, honour <laughs> absolutely. Him. Yeah. And it gives I, and the, it gives us the, time to go and get a scotch. It, absolutely. And on the plus side, Nev, it's being read by somebody who knows what he's talking about. I'm very glad about yeah, that. Yeah, that's what we love him. That's I mean, we, we did him. we did well together, you and I, didn't we? Because it was just me and Nev holding the fort last week, and we had to do a, a pre-record for that one. And yes, uh, we, I was surprised we, it, we uh, did as well as we did actually under the circumstances. I'm so, not, uh, no, it was good. It was good. We did. Was, we did uh, military and everything. It was awesome. I know. Yes, I was definitely. Uh, well outside of my comfort zone. <laughs> I really need to listen back to this this show from last week. I haven't done yet. I need to do it. Yeah, yeah. indeed. But uh, also uh, this week, as always, we've got uh, our illustrious uh, producer at large, John. He's in our ear again this week. It's mm. nice to have him back in our lug holes this week. So, so it's been a while. Back, John. It's been a while. Been a while. Mm. He's been he's working. He's been working. He's been working hard. Bless him. Earning those millions of uh, pounds. Well done, John. And uh, also <laughs> joining us. <laughs> <laughs> Millions also, of pounds. Also you know joining he, us. You know uh, what he does for a living, right? <laughs> I know what he does. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> uh, he's fine. He's fine. He's uh, also joining us this week. Uh, another member of our production team. Nick's in the uh, in the uh, on the show this week. Hello, Nick. How are you with the red with the red muff? Hey there, Carlos. How are you doing? It's good to be <laughs> back. It feels like it's been ages, um, and I must admit, I listened to the pre-recorded show the other day and thoroughly enjoyed it and uh, thought uh, thought Nev embraced the military with, with real gusto. 
Didn't yeah. he do well? He does. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Very happy. enthusiastic he was, yes. Always enthusiastic. <laughs> We're going to say hello to everyone who's joined us in the chat room this evening. Because sorry, there's... I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt you. i just got to say, like, this is the oh. first time that I've been able to see everybody on the Zoom call. As well. We've had a little bit of an oh, upgrade so here excited. in the studio. And it's the first time I've been able to see everybody's faces when you say something that either slightly offends, uh, causes... <laughs> just like the most amazing like honestly i just watching the i can literally see the visual size every time <laughs> oh dear never mind anyway uh, anyway mm -hmm. anyway oh john's eye rolls yeah yeah, yeah absolutely uh, anyway yeah. welcome there's a I few noticed new... that happens a lot i didn't realize that happened quite so much <laughs> a few new faces in the chat room oh sorry guys sorry. i'll behave top of the list who was in the chat room about six hours before we started. It was hobby time. Hello to you. Uh, Richard Adams was also in there early. And Mazus as well. Hello to you. Captain Cruz is also in there. Hello to see you. Guys to see you. Oscar, he's in there. Whee! One of our youngest listeners. Hello, Oscar. Hope you're well. He's uh, much, very much into his aviation, is Oscar. There he is on the screen there. Uh, Andy Wilson, he's in a hotel somewhere, living it up with uh, putting everything on I think the we can company say, uh, tab. Manchester's big enough. I think we can say Manchester. I don't think... He's I in a hotel think, in Manchester. I, I don't think living that gives away up, much. <laughs> living it up. Everything on the company credit card. He's, he's going oh, crazy. Yes, he's going crazy. Uh, we've also got Dirk in there as well. Hello to you, Dirk. Lee Davies is in there. Good to see you back in there as well. Dr. Steph. Hello, Dr. Steph. Dr. She's in there. Dr. Steph. Oh, my goodness she's, me. She's nearly at the end of her shift. She's only got another few Aww. patients to see. I haven't seen, uh, seen or heard Dr. Steph for way too long. Well, she's in there now. Excellent. Hello, Ask her Dr. nicely. Steph. She'll send you a video. Okay. Uh, our Excellent. main man, Micah, is uh, also in there wielding the blue spanner of doom. Bill, he's in there as well. Good to see you in there, Bill. Uh, scrolling down, John is also in. Obviously, he's our master of uh, our master of the all things podcasting. Uh, Jonathan Warner, good to see you in there, military man. That'll be up very soon. Don't panic, Mr. Warner. Mash is also in there. Hello to you. Good to see you in there. Um, we scroll down. Make sure I don't miss anyone. Uh, oh, David Michael. Um, Ooh, David Michael from Adelaide. Adelaide, oh my goodness me, what time he's is on it his... in Adelaide? Well, he's on his holidays in Greece. Oh, in Greece? Uh, before oh, heading home to Australia. Right. Thought okay. he'd jump in and say hello. Hello. Before heading out to dinner. Good to see you, David. Oh, okay. Oh, is it... oh. You were in the chat room last week, John is telling us in our ears, which is uh, amazing. Very good. Good to well see you done. in there, Thanks David. Hello. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget, if you are listening to our splendid voices on an audio podcast we are on the youtube every week don't forget to search for us on there plain talking uk click the subscribe and the bell icon to be notified when we are going live and then you will get to see how stunningly crisp nev's shirt is every nev's week shirt is stunningly show. crisp there's no two ways about that That's yeah. this week it should be out yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so we've got commercial news to get through and tons more, plus our caption this as well this week, which uh, has proved quite popular. So if all the team is ready. Oh, yes. Let's go. The captain has turned on the seatbelt light. Please take your seats and fasten your seatbelts.
So the first story this week comes to us from CNBC.com. Virgin Galactic launching first tourist flight to space. Actually, never. I was surprised you didn't get on that first flight. Yeah, I wasn't asked. What with your privileges? Uh, Virgin Galactic flew its second commercial space flight Thursday, carrying uh, its first private uh, paying tourists. Call Galactic 2, the flight launch from Spaceport America in New Mexico. The company's spacecraft was flown by a pair of pilots, CJ Sturkow and Kelly Latimer, and carried four other people, including Virgin Galactic Chief Astronaut Instructor Beth Moses, to oversee the mission from inside the cabin and a trio of passengers. The three customers on board Galactic Two were former uh, British former Olympian John Goodwin and two passengers from the Caribbean, Kesha Schaff and Anastasia Mayers. Is that blimey? These names uh, who won their seats uh, through a charity fundraising. Uh, drawing by non-profit space for humanity the flight took uh, customers past an altitude of 80 kilometers shouldn't that be 80,000 kilometers i don't know perhaps it is 80 kilometers or twin uh, 262,000 feet which is what the u.s recognizes as the boundary of space spacecraft returned to land at spaceport america completing the flight the mission is virgin galactic seventh space flight to date and it's third since may the company aims to fly spacecraft vss unity at a rate of once a month and is developing a fleet of spacecraft called delta class planned to debut in 2026 to fly at a weekly rate the company uh, completed its first commercial space flight the galactic one mission in june carrying members of the italian air forces and italy's national research council virgin galactic is a backlog of around check this out 800 passengers many of those tickets were sold at prices between 200 and £250,000 over a decade ago. Uh, but the company reopened ticket sales two years ago with pricing beginning at, here we go, save your money, check down that sofa, £450,000 per seat, which I'm pretty sure Nev's probably got that much in air miles with BA, so he should be able to get a flight. No, now, the, thinking, yeah. the only thing that I'm I, I'm so gutted about, you know, is that they, they didn't name the... The spacecraft Enterprise. Just saying. Well, the the shuttle, the shuttle was called Enterprise. They could have reused the name Enterprise, or they could have used Voyager, or um, oh mind you, that was a shuttle as well, wasn't it? No, wasn't the shuttle? It wasn't no. <laughs> well, I I just think it would have been you know quite nice to um, because we all know that that um, William Shatner didn't he he went up was it uh, which one was that in with Musk I think yeah William Shatner yeah that was the Amazon one I think he went on the the Jeff oh, Bezos yeah. rocket the Blue Origin yeah. <laughs> thanks John <laughs> exactly. But uh, no, are you going to be um, saving up for this, Nev? I'm guessing not. Well, I, I should have started some decades ago, shouldn't I? Really? Um, but um, yeah, I'm, I think the obviously the money involved is substantial, isn't it? And the, the waiting list, will, will, they'll never get to the end of the waiting list, will they, with that number of people? Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Um, hoping they are because I bought some oh, shares in them. Ah, okay. They're not doing very well. <laughs> uh, everyone, is that is that an issue in the chat room, Matt? Everyone's saying they can't hear you. Oh, I'll try that. Shall I? That might work. Let's try. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Matt's back. Don't panic. Just thought I'd let you know. Just thought oh, I'd let well, you know. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> our chat room are there to help with our audio issues every time. Fair anyway, enough. Matt. I didn't, say, I didn't. I didn't say anything interesting. It's fine. It's not a problem. Now you've got. Now you've got your audio back, Matt. Right. The next story is yours, and it's all about a rather cheap Ryanair flight. Indeed, and I'm sitting on the fence to which you might be surprised uh, with this. All will be revealed as I read Not the this. one I just painted, I uh, No, absolutely not. No, it'll be a bit sticky, for want of a better word. Uh, bbc.co.uk forward slash news <laughs> is the uh, website. The headline is couple horrified at £110 Ryanair check-in fee. An elderly couple said that they were horrified after being charged £110 by Ryanair to print their tickets at the airport. The Jaff from Ealing were flying from Stansted Airport to Bergerac, France on Friday. Mrs Jaff, 79, said that she found Ryanair's website very confusing, but despite this, she thought she had successfully managed to print their tickets the day before the flight. It was only when she got to the airport that she realised she'd accidentally printed the wrong tickets. Ruth, uh, 79, and Peter, uh, 80, told the BBC that they had to pay uh, airport check-in fees after mistakenly downloading um, their return tickets instead of their outgoing ones. Uh, she was charged £55 per person to print the boarding cards at the Ryanair customer service desk. She added, it wasn't easy for her husband to walk from one bit of the airport to the other. I was quite flustered and upset. Their daughter took, the, uh, took to uh, X, or Twitter, as I still insist on calling it the next day, uh, £110 for two pieces of paper, which took one minute. Shame on you, she said. She said uh, that her parents had uh, also had to pay an extra fee to sit next to each other, as her father has a disability. It sparked a flurry of social media complaints about the airline's fees. Her post has gone viral, saying, uh, having been viewed more than 13 million times, with many social media users complaining of the high cost of printing boarding passes at the airport and other surprise fees. One user also pointed out that it would have been cheaper to go to the nearest stationery shop, purchase a printer and print the tickets themselves. Well, I don't agree with that, but the uh, it would be a very rubbish printer, that's all I'm saying. Uh, the uh, couple have complained to Ryanair but said that they don't expect to get anything back. I think they'll say it's in the small print and it's our fault, which it was, but it was a genuine mistake, Mrs Jaff said. It's deeply unfair. Ryanair did respond in a statement saying, in accordance with Ryanair's terms and conditions, these passengers agreed to, at the time of booking, they failed to check in online before arriving at Stansted Airport on the 11th of August, despite receiving an email reminder on the 10th of August to check in online. These passengers were correctly charged the airport check-in fee, £55 per passenger, 
all passengers travelling with Ryanair agree to check in online before arriving at their departure airport and all passengers are sent an email or text message reminding them to do so 24 hours before departure. We regret, regret that these passengers ignored their email reminder and failed to check in online. Now whilst uh, as you would expect the Ryanair uh, social media team have been uh, their usual flippant selves shall we say in terms of what's happened here. I am a little I am a little bit on Ryanair's side on this one, which I may, may be a bit of a surprise uh, to everyone for me to to say that. Uh, Captain after Cruz this, is, I'll join you. Yeah, Captain uh, Cruz is saying, instead of complaining afterwards, that daughter should have assisted her elderly parents in preparation before the flight. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. And that's really where I'm, I'm going with this. I fully accept that... Um, you know, I, I'm very lucky. I, and Nev, you're you're the same as me. Carlos, Nick, and John, everybody who's on the call, everybody in the chat room. You know, the fact that you're watching this on YouTube, let's be honest, uh, if you're watching the show live or you're downloading it as a podcast, suggests that you're a little bit sort of tech savvy, and that's fine. Uh, it is in the terms and conditions, and I do absolutely agree. I do think that the daughter perhaps could have been a little bit more helpful in sorting this out. Also, the other thing I would say is that it does mention in there that uh, the uh, that uh, you know father um, for was um, you know uh, struggling with a walk and all that kind of thing and because he's disabled they weren't sat next to each other now me personally um, I think they've also failed in the fact that they didn't inform Ryanair that they required special assistance so from from my perspective and uh, you know we we've we've done this with with um with with mum we, we we use the special assistance whenever we fly uh, it is absolutely brilliant one of the benefits of that is that you're not expect you are put together as a result of that because you know you you've got you know the person and their carer and all that kind of thing and you know, I, I I fully accept that you know the, the 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 two people here, you know, age seventy nine and eighty, perhaps weren't very very savvy on on the situation. But um, you know, they they should you know there is clearly somebody there who could have helped them and and didn't. Now whether that's because they didn't tell them that there was a you know that they had had a problem or they were confused about anything or whatever, I don't know. But you know special assistance is there for a reason it doesn't cost you anything to do special special assistance with any airline any airline the service is completely free so uh, I, i'm 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 unusually siding with ryanair on this one actually um yeah i think that's very reasonable i think i'd like to have a word with the daughter as well mm. um mainly saying uh why don't you just send your parents 110 pounds mm. uh, as a treat from you so that they're not distressed by it? why would you go onto twitter uh, to go shame on you ryanair and all the rest of it i just think that is just so mm. appalling and unnecessary uh irrespective of whose fault it, it might yeah. have been um talk about you know adding fuel to the fire well she has uh, certainly done that when she could have just uh, taken the heat out of everything at all mm. perhaps uh, afterwards privately sending or helping her parents send Ryanair a letter to say look I'm really sorry this is what happened blah 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 mm. what do you think you could do they might have even said look we'll meet you halfway or something like that but yeah. now they've now she's gone now she's uh, gone public large on Twitter or yeah. X or whatever it's called these days then the airline are gonna go sorry love um, that's uh, that's these terms and conditions you know yeah, indeed. I, I, I just, I, 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 I get why people do it, Nev. I mean, I, I mean, you've done it, haven't you? You've had to reach out on social media for for something that's not gone according to plan because you're not getting 
you know responses if you like from the usual channel so i get that social media has its place as a way of getting action from someone but i do think given the the short time scales that we're talking about here if you have sent ryanair a new letter you certainly haven't given them time to respond to it you know and i i as you say i i suspect if this had been done a little bit behind closed doors they might have been a little more willing to sort of you know meet halfway um having said that ryanair really doesn't care about its negative social media it always it, I, th I think their default is any publicity is good publicity as far as they're concerned so maybe it wouldn't have made a difference i don't know masher is saying business idea set up an internet cafe and copy shop next to the airport i like that yeah yeah take up one of the units that's <laughs> I think it's a brilliant idea, uh, uh, Masher. I'll sign up. I'll put a fiver in. That's a brilliant idea. Let's 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 make that happen. But uh, yeah, that's that's my ten penneth. As I say, normally I would you know any excuse to bash Ryanair, but I actually do feel a bit for them. And, and as I say, my my frustration and anger, to be honest with you, is with the daughter rather than the parents. I get why the parents you know sort of struggled and stuff. I agree. The website is very confusing. I nearly did something very similar um, with uh, EasyJet. They're, they're all as bad. Uh, in terms of getting the, 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 the problem is but it's so easy it's so easy to ha harm yeah, absolutely um, not just people but businesses and stuff social media now yeah. is 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 become such a way of i don't think ryanair will be worried about well not ryanair like but it is but, <laughs> i think they'll social, be fine don't you worry <laughs> there is, social media has become yeah. uh you know become a way of people venting out really heavily against them um, yeah you know other yeah. people oh and social media has its has its uh, place absolutely i mean yeah for our show well exactly <laughs> but also i mean all right so you use train companies as an example um train companies are notoriously bad at getting back to you and quite often uh, trains and buses uh you know a quick post on social media and you'll usually get the response you know a response pretty quickly uh, so it absolutely has its place but mm. if anybody who's ever followed ryanair's uh, social media will know that they really won't care uh, and they very will you very very good <laughs> yeah. their instagram account is well it's, worth a look it's it is really quite funny. yeah it's quite sharp isn't it <laughs> yeah Nev, you, I've got Best a task tweets. for you. Yeah, absolutely. Run yeah. top <laughs> tweets, please, if I could leave you to do that. Uh, either, either on Insta if or... If they're not or... juicy enough, I'll just make one up. So. Well, absolutely. And yeah. they'll probably stand by it, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> or they might use it in their own uh, next time round. Who knows? But, uh, but there we go. Anyway, I could go on and on. Let's not. If Nev Ryan is. Was, was listening, I was just joking. Yeah, of course, right. Anyway, anyway, anyway. They can't touch you, Nev. You're a BA gold man. Well. Um, Nev, you've got the next story. And uh, this is quite interesting. I heard this earlier, and there's a video, a sound, an audio recording of this actually on uh, Vast Aviation, I think. Yeah, and when I saw this story, I thought, oh, not another go-around story. Here we go again. But actually, this is pretty serious, I would say. It's on simpleflying.com, and it says that the FAA is investigating a near collision between a Southwest Airlines Boeing 737 and a Cessna Citation business jet in San Diego. The air tra traffic controller cleared the Cessna to land on a runway that was occupied by the Southwest 737. The Boeing jet was instructed to taxi onto the runway when the business jet, jet flew about 100 feet which is about 35 metres over the 737. On Friday, August the 11th, that was last Friday, uh, the air traffic controller at San Diego International Airport cleared the citation to land on the runway just before midday uh, Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, meanwhile, Southwest Airlines Flight 2493 was instructed to taxi onto a runway and hold short 
for departure instructions. The automated ground surveillance system picked up on the potential for collision and alerted the controller. Uh, the controller immediately directed the Cessna to discontinue the landing procedure, thereby avoiding the, an oncoming catastrophe. Pilots of the business jet managed to abort just metres above the awaiting Boeing 737. No injuries were reported on either plane and the Cessna citation landed safely moments later, whereas the Southwest flight continued its journey to San Jose as planned. The FAA and the NTSB are investigating the matter and the FAA is sending a team of experts to the air traffic control facility at San Diego. Uh, the NTSB personnel are looking into the incident on their end, which is one of a six near-collision runway incursions since January. Southwest Airlines says it is assisting the authorities in investigating the matter to prevent similar incidents from happening in the future. A representative from Southwest commented, our aircraft departed without event and the flight operated normally with a safe landing in San Jose as scheduled. In February, a similar near collision occurred in Austin, Texas, involving a Southwest Airlines Boeing 737 and a FedEx cargo plane. Uh, the events unfolded in poor visibility conditions where the air traffic controller cleared the FedEx, which was a Boeing 767 cargo uh, um, machine, uh, to land whilst the Southwest jet was instructed to taxi on to the runway for departure. The airport's surface det detection equipment determined the, the mishap and issued an alert to the air traffic controller. According to a statement by the FAA, the pilot of the FedEx airplane discontinued the landing and initiated a climb-out. Whilst the controller immediately instructed the FedEx Boeing 767 to perform a go-around, it came within 115 feet, 35 metres again, of the Southwest jet. Uh, the NTSB is investigating the Austin incident and providing recommendations for enforced safety, particularly during peak travel times. Or low visibility, in that case. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, indeed, yes, um, trying to, um, well, I, yeah, I'm not an air traffic controller, clearly. Uh, no, but there's, there's some questions to be asked here uh, on, on both sides. On These both aren't sides. what's worrying me now, and I don't know, and again, I don't know if there's this whole scenario where because one happened, the media are now super sensitive to it, and uh, you know, is the, is the number, is it genuinely that more of these incidences are taking place, or is it just because the media has got savvy to them and is now watching out for them, and so it looks like there's more when when it's actually at the same level it has been for you know, all this time. Can, do, do you know what I mean? Well, it might, mm. it might be that, might it? Um, you, you don't actually know, and we'll never know what the real story is until you look at back at all the mm. official documentation and the incidents that have been publicised, you know, because all yeah. this will be in an NTSB report. Um, yeah. So uh, you'll be able to look at it for yourself. But, yeah, nonetheless, um, yeah, there's some questionable ATC activity there, definitely mm. on both, uh, both, both cases, I say. But thank goodness, I mean, at the end of the yeah. day, you know the this is what the gets me about and, and i know this is a controversial subject but th this is the what i would call conditional landing clearance that you get or yeah. absolute landing clearance uh, fr from u.s controllers when you're sort of four or five aircraft out um and it, so you're only told to go around 
uh, if something happens on the runway or an aircraft hasn't cleared, whereas in European airspace and the UK, uh, you don't get a landing clearance until you are clear to land. Uh, there are some exceptions to that, I think, when um, you're given a land after clearance, uh, if, the, if the weather's good enough and there's plenty of spacing between the aircraft and, you know, uh, people can see what's going on. But uh, I, I think th in these situations here, uh, there's some definite questions to be asked. Hmm. I think we all, we all know that, um, I think, well, most of us know, that I've heard on many podcasts and stuff, aviation podcasts, that uh, Southwest pilots are renowned for not wanting to hang around too long, um, especially when it comes to taxiing and stuff, Nev, when they're moving around. Um, Southwest, oh, yeah, they're not they're, shy about... Uh, <laughs> they, they, they generally don't want to hang around too long yeah they've got oh, lots okay. of sectors to meet no doubt in their schedule i think that's well yeah part of the problem, southwest you know? is an incredibly busy i mean busy mm. airline um they are as busy as i mean southwest are kind of like the ryanair of of the u.s really to be fair yeah uh, they're a huge airline a huge but at airline. the end of the day you know it's all about safety isn't it everybody says that's the number one priority and yes i know there's a timetable involved but uh, uh that cannot be at the expense of safety either from the atc point of view or from the flight deck crew point of view so mm. but then southwest do make some of the best and most funniest videos on youtube with some of their uh, crew yes yeah definitely I did read somewhere recently that um, air traffic <laughs> control was very, very under-resourced in the United States. I can't remember if that referred to, I believe, on the East Coast somewhere. They were operating at, at well below what their target levels should have been. Mm. Um, so whether or not that's a, a resourcing issue there that, that needs to be addressed. Indeed. So can I just, can I just, can I just uh, uh, point out that uh, it's, it seems to be a drinking show again this evening. I know... Uh, members of the team are uh, having a few bevies today and I know that uh, one of our listeners who's in the chat room uh, currently uh, Dirk I know that Dirk is enjoying uh, a very very nice drink this evening I think he's got uh, a, a German beer there I think he's got in hand looks very nice I must say I do like a nice German beer um, yes there we go I do <laughs> I do and obviously Nick's Nick's got a, uh, a beverage on this evening. Matt's got his uh, sparkling uh, drink. Sparkling I've got a nice number. little yes. nice little Glenfiddich twelve year old single malt scotch. As, as and you uh, do. right. And Nev, what, what are you sporting this evening, Nev? Um, half a glass of water. Oh dear. Anyway, moving on to the. Uh... So there's a there's a little bit. They've got a little video here to to play here. Now, now um, it's I'm just going to hit the play on this. So this this is this is the this is the uh, video that uh, Carlos was talking about yes um yes. now i assume we'll have some atc Hotel tower five six four hotel victor on the uh the number five six four hotel victor limber tower traffic in position with two six zero at one zero runway two seven all right land two seven four hotel victor Southwest 2493 Limber Tower, traffic 5 mile final, winds 250 at 11, runway 27, line up and wait. 27, line up wait, Southwest 2493. Southwest 2895, turn left at Bravo 8, taxi spot 1, contact ramp tower 129.77, good day. Hey, Bravo 8, taxi to spot 1 and over to ramp tower for Delta 2895. 
Afternoon, Olympic Tire, Alaska 772, 9.5, back, RMP, Mike T7. Alaska 772, Lumber Tower, Winds 250, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10,
I don't think that could have ever happened, to be honest with you. There, mm, there would, there would never have been enough mm. uh, time between the, uh, the southwest taking off and the citation deadline, let alone the wake turbulence category, because I presume people, the citation uh, jet is, uh, business jet is smaller than a 737, and they, they would have been right in their wake uh, as well as the 737 was bowling along the runway. So there was you know, not proper wake uh, turbulence separation either, I would have thought. Um, but um, yeah, very, uh, very, I mean, thank goodness that nothing happened. But uh, yeah, that was a, an unnecessary situation there, I would say. So Armando is saying in our, in our uh, group chat here is saying, actually, I don't agree with our procedure of clearing planes to land when it's not clear. Line up and wait is on the runway, he's, he's saying. Uh, that is apparently standard practice. And also sometimes three planes can be cleared to land. Um, yeah, in Captain and... Captain Cruz in the chat room actually says um, she forgot the Southwest departure clearance while all this was going on. Seems ATC are a bit out of practice for peak traffic situations after two plus years of lower traffic. I mean, the COVID situation. I, I I think the thing for me, the thing that worries me the most about this, and Nev, I don't know if you're Never Nick, I don't know if you'll agree with me on this one. My really bad gut feeling on this is they're not going to do something about this until something disastrous happens. Well, um, I mean, the, you know, all parts of aviation are into risk management, aren't they? And that's mm. what the recurrent training's all about, whether you're in the tower, whether you're on the ground controller, whether you're on the flight deck, whether you're on the cabin, in the cabin crew, whatever part of aviation you work in, in the mission critical parts of it, there's recurrent mm. training and lessons to be learned. And this will be an example, which I'm sure they'll bring up on the next course, about mm. how not to do it. Um, and, um, you know, that's as simple as that. And luckily, in most situations within aviation, not all, I concede, but most situations, lessons are learned and things are improved, but mm. often not before there's a loss of life or, or, yeah. other, or other problems. And I think that's, that's one thing to, to, to bear in mind. And, and that's the bit that's worrying me the most. Just pop that message back up, please, if you wouldn't mind, John. Um, the, uh, the one before, there's, there's two there, I think, from Andy, as you were just showing. Uh, with the low cloud base they wouldn't have been able to see the aircraft on the final uh, from the tower and also in reference to Charles de Gaulle airport uh, he's saying that's a nightmare for clearing as many aircraft land like this mm. I want to throw a cat amongst the pigeons if I may no no absolutely not I'm wondering <laughs> at this point whether or not there might be an argument for taking away human decision-making with the use of AI so for example oh, in a situation where You've got. Um, anyway, it's been a lovely ten years, and uh, thank you very got, much. You've got a decision-making <laughs> process that has oh, to occur, dear. whereby oh. human fallibility can enter the equation. So can we take that human fallibility away by so, replacing it with AI. So weirdly, I, 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 despite being a big lover of tech, Nick, actually, my take on that is the exact opposite of that. One of the things. I love my technology, and I'll be honest with you, I've been using AI most of this week, actually. The Bing search engine has got a really good AI that's built into it. I know I'm praising Bing. I can't believe those words have just fallen out of my mouth. Oh, okay. but, with, but with the project that I've been working on this week, um, the Bing AI engine has been absolutely phenomenal, and it, you know it's done a really good job. Um, but actually, I, I, I do feel... The problem with AI, and it is, you know, more flexible than it has been in a long, long time, 
but it will never ever be a, a substitute for somebody uh, okay I'm going to be a bit biased here obviously we're big fans of dear Mr Spink bless him who works obviously doing Heathrow and all that kind of thing and I know damn well that that situation would not arise while he was in the tower uh, you know and it's that kind of knowledge and experience if you like that an AI could never replace so in terms of you know where weaknesses like this have been found nick you're probably right ai could absolutely do probably have handled that situation much much better but i don't i don't i don't feel that you can ever replace the fast thinking nature of a human in that tower i i just i just think it will come up with a different you know a human will always think i think will always think a little bit more outside of the box when there's an unusual situation i mean, I mean Certainly, the the the, um, the digital tower that I did the filming with, mm. with Pip at Heathrow uh, now a couple of years ago actually, uh, there were some really interesting things which uh, had the aircraft identifiers on them. So uh, mm. the ATC guys and girls were aware that it was an A320 followed by a seven four or seven five or something like that. So they can work out the you know the wake turbulence category properly as well. Um uh, and there was automatic sort of warning if there was things that got too close together. All that I think is great, but at the end of the day, uh it's um the folks in the tower that can see what's going on and the boys and girls in the flight deck on the approaching aircraft. Mm. They can see that there's an aircraft on the runway, but what they don't want is a situation where that aircraft starts rolling and they're on short final. So you either get a massive wake turbulence problem or a, a big conflict with one aircraft going around just as another is lifting off, you mm. know, uh, without a, a steer left or right. So, yeah, lots of things there. But... Um, no, I think that these sorts of incidents uh, are going to have to be managed at the moment in a human factors way um, to work out workload levels, stress and situational awareness. That's and, that, and that's not to say, obviously, that the technology will continue to improve, Nev, won't mm. it? I mean, I, I fully accept that. But, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I do feel that there is still a place for humans uh, in this situation uh, and this is and Dirk, Dirk has a great point here saying that uh, AI doesn't have full situational awareness and that I think True. that's kind of where I'm where I'm I'm getting at that I mean it could could it be taught it that's a different that's a different sort of argument I guess but uh, an AI assistant would be useful to identify where a conflict like this happens uh, to the actual controller uh, and that's true yeah. I mean it would I augment their process wouldn't it yeah absolutely it would make it much more um, you know sort of manageable I, I, I guess I, d I don't know um, I, 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 do, I just don't think AI is I think AI is a good 10 years away from being ready for, for stuff like this it, it is an amazing tool as i say and i've been i've literally been using it this week um but uh captain cruz That's is saying my, one of my old bosses used to say just because you can doesn't mean you should well quite indeed indeed uh, captain yeah, cruz is saying uh, yeah possibly uh he's saying uh, imagine how far tech has come in 10 years not to mention 20 i beg to differ you'll still be you, you may still witness it in your lifetime i may well, we'll see yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see, see. Uh, the way I'm going at the moment, probably not. But, uh, <laughs> but so moving on to the optimist, yeah. <laughs> to the next story, we've got so much to cram in tonight. Honestly, uh, we've got uh, a story coming up next that 
and uh, obviously Armando's not with us this week, but don't panic because Armando has sent us a video, and especially for the next story, uh, which is coming from airlinerwatch.com, and it's all about home flight safety's FAA advocates for enhanced safety measures, all about aircraft seats. Uh, this story from airlinerwatch.com is about the FAA advocating for some enhanced safety measures in aircraft seats. In light of some recent findings, the FAA is emphasizing the need for enhanced passenger restraints, uh, specifically in front row seating. Uh, studies have shown that in emergency landings, uh, solely relying on the current lap seat belts may lead to some severe injuries. The FAA, uh, the current FAA guidance allows for seats to be positioned away from cabin walls, uh, letting passengers experience forward movement during accidents. Such seat configurations result in the excessive body flail phenomenon, uh, causing significant spinal and other injuries. This comprehensive investigation was carried out by the Medical College of Wisconsin in 2016, and that revealed that the damage mechanics of traditional lap belts were not entirely understood in the past. Uh, testing with post-mortem human surrogates, uh, the college found that severe injuries when these uh, test subjects were subjected to emergency landing forces. Injuries range from spinal cord damage to multiple rib fractures, femur breaks, which were possibly caused when the lap belt slipped beneath the pelvis. Now, the FAA referencing accidents like the Turkish Airlines uh, Boeing 737-800 crash in Amsterdam and the Asiana uh, 777 crash in San Francisco, both of those were in 2009. They highlighted that passengers with unrestrained movements actually experienced spinal injuries. In contrast, those with back support from seat backs were unaffected. This discrepancy has prompted the FAA to reconsider their stance on current seat configurations, especially those using only lap belts. Now, to prevent severe injuries during emergency landings, the FAA is actually updating its guidelines. Now, these directives would necessitate supporting passengers' upper bodies with added safety mechanisms. Uh, as the aviation community awaits the release of these new regulations, the FAA is ardently encouraging airlines to voluntarily integrate safety augmentations like shoulder harnesses and airbags. Now, in general aviation, there was actually a uh, uh, published article a couple years ago uh, outlining how much more effective shoulder harnesses are um, with uh, restraining uh, occupants in an aircraft uh, mix, mishap or accident. I That was one of the very first things that I did with my personal aircraft was I installed shoulder harnesses, um, both in the front and the back. And recently I've been seeing more and more um, just, uh, just on this trip, you know, coming home, I noticed that the bulkhead seats were all uh, had, were equipped with uh, airbag seat belts. So it looks like the airlines are taking note of this and, um, you know, anything to make uh, passenger safety a priority I you know support and I hope to see more in the aviation community thanks for that Armando as always good to uh, to have you sending in videos it always helps to uh, well give us Absolutely. info that we might not already know yeah and uh, it's also an important thing as well I suppose seat configurations and obviously it's uh, well lap belts I mean I wear one as a belt myself personally here <laughs> I have one as a an actual belt, but you, uh, you think when you think when you look back, lap belts have been the same for for well, 
well, since year dot, haven't yeah. they? Lap belts on so, certainly since the sort of seventies and eighties, haven't they? Yeah, I yeah, they haven't changed much. changed yeah. much at all. Yeah, but uh, I was always quite—I've always been quite surprised, you know—that they they didn't move to like the three-point seat belt. That it's always remained a lap. Yeah. Um, Actually, John, John just asks uh, Nev, "Have you flown the the BA? You know, we have the um, yes, the, uh, the club suite. Yes, I have yeah. uh, on the eighth. Oh, what was that? Uh, it's always seven eight seven actually. And then I think I'm right in saying that. Finnair A350 has got them as well, mm. and they're actually quite comfortable, I must yeah. say. Um, so uh, yeah, um, but uh, because we're always used to, you know, it's, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Back in the day, before just before inertia real seat belts came into cars, people said, "Well, people will never wear them because they're uncomfortable." And now, you know, you couldn't think of getting in something without it. And no. I think the 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 thing with uh, obviously aviation they've had seatbelts for a very very long time and not wearing a seatbelt was was never an option uh, mm. but uh, no I do quite like the uh, the three point harness that uh, the, uh, the BA and um, Finnair have got mm. it was quite interesting actually when I when I went out in June to the states with American and I had the um, airbag on the bottom part of the the seatbelt where I which I wore in business you know, a big fat sort of airbag pouch. Just on your front, I don't know if you had that before. It's it's not too bad, actually, John. John just asked if it's comfortable. It, it's not too intrusive. It's only a small pack, and it kind of sits sort of in front of your belly as such on, on the um, on, on the business class seat. <laughs> Good luck with that in my case. But it's, yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, not, it's not too bad. It's not too intrusive, no. But um, before we move on to the next story, just a quick update. This came uh, to us um, on airlive.net, breaking news this evening. Uh, this was. Um, it's been confirmed uh, today uh, that uh, the British Airways Boeing 747-400, the uh, Golf Bravo Yankee Golf Charlie, which those of you might have known was painted in the BOAC, uh, BOAC colours uh, for to celebrate the 100 years of BA, that is now actually being scrapped. That aircraft has been confirmed as they aren't now going to be scrapping that aircraft, which uh, I think will upset a few people, eh, Nev? Yeah, I was really sad about that. That, that livery is, uh, you know, means a great deal to a, a, a lot of people, and it was a real shame that, that that's happened. But um, well, I guess these things are inevitable in in a sense, aren't, aren't they? Really? Um, but uh, obviously, the most valuable parts of, of these things are, are engines and you know, and landing gear and, and that kind of thing. But uh, uh, yeah, it's a r real shame, real pity. Yeah. So those guys over at Plane Reclaimers over at St Athen. Uh, they are uh, going to be scrapping this. So, we might, might pay you. Some, some tail trim <laughs> from a 7.4 in your bedroom. Yes, quite, absolutely. Oh, oh dear. Don't yeah. give me ideas, guys. Oh, no. Don't give me ideas. Anyway, moving on. Next story. Axe. Come on, put my credit card away. Uh, the Axios.com. Uh, Axios uh, this one is Congress may let jet owners like Elon Musk block their flight info. Oh, pfft. Elon Musk and other private jet owners may soon be able to stop the public from learning about their flights thanks to FAA reauthorization bill passed recently by the House. Such information has proven useful to journalists and other researchers, but plane owners, including Musk, have argued that it could pose a security risk. Private plane information has long been public record, but the, uh, until the relatively recent advent online of flight trackers such as Radar, FlightRadar24, PlaneFinder.net, it was cumbersome for most people to learn who owned that plane or where it had flown. 
The FAA has already uh, had some options for private plane owners who want to block flight information from being shared with trackers. Many owners also use LLCs and other corporate ownership structures to shield identities. A provision tucked inside the FAA reauthorization bill would require the agency to establish a process to let jet owners request to keep their aircraft registration numbers and other information private. The five-year FAA reauthorization passed by the House uh, by an overwhelming 351 to 69 votes back in July and now must be reconciled with the Senate before heading to President Biden's desk for his signature. It said there has been a long bipartisan support for protecting everyone's fundamental right to privacy, given the very significant potential threats to security posed by real-time broadcasting of citizens' movements. Dan Hubbard, a spokesperson for the National Business Aviation Association, told Axios. He said, an understanding that you shouldn't have to surrender basic security protections because you board an aircraft is reflected in this legislation, as it has repeatedly been reflected in previous bills. Musk last year threatened to sue creator of a Twitter account that tracked his private jet's activities and permanently suspend the account. SpaceX has previously asked the FAA to block flight tracking data for Musk's private jet, and Musk is far from alone in his attempts to prevent his flight activity from being tracked. Former President Trump's plane is enrolled in the FAA's Limiting Aircraft Data Display Program, or LADD, which restricts the display of certain information about the aircraft. Taylor Swift and Kyle Jenner planes are also enrolled in this as well. The FAA has also granted over 300 temporary aircraft registration numbers that allow participants to fly anonymously through the privacy ICAO Aircraft Address Program, also known as PIA according to Insider. I suppose if you want to remain anonymous, I suppose it's a good idea if you are a uh, you know celebrity. But um, obviously these aircraft will still be obviously transmitting a transponder code um, through the airwaves. Otherwise it would be, you know, hard to control these aircraft. But, uh, yeah, I see the point, you know, security and all that as it is these days. Nick's just more ex excited that we've been able to finally sort of shoehorn in a picture of... Uh, Taylor uh, Swift. Taylor Swift, that's there absolutely... Is, yeah, yes. no, very chuffed. Yeah, very oh. chuffed he is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I've been we... editing the show notes for some months now and this is, I've finally jumped on <laughs> my is, chance. This is the highlight, yeah. absolutely. Get the Fair Swifty enough. in there. Yeah, 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 get the old Swifty. Yeah, nice one, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, on a, on a serious note, um, so obviously... Wait, 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 what, what, serious note? <laughs> Well, don't be serious, Nick. <laughs> honestly, briefly. Okay. Right. Um, obviously, this would mean that some of the aircraft wouldn't show up on platforms like Flight Radar Twenty Four. Um, I'm thinking about the ADSB database because I think that that often tends to show stuff that isn't on Flight Radar. I don't know if anyone has Ooh, got any. I don't know. Yeah, you, about. yeah, Nick's right. You can ADSB. Um, the website ADSB Exchange, Exchange. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you can. It does tend to show a, a, a bit more information than what Flight Radar Twenty Four does, including a lot of military stuff that doesn't always show up on Flight Radar Twenty Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You, but the only thing is, you can't. There's no app for ADSB Exchange, but you can save it on your um, phone as a, as a kind of shortcut. You know. Well, um, you can now, especially on your fabulous new iPhone. Yeah, on your Oh, here we go. <laughs> I've been waiting that? for this. Moving on to the next story. Um, <laughs> no, Nev. we should chop a story. <laughs> yeah, I think in, so. In order to discuss, discuss uh, your a great new thing. Yeah. telephone. <laughs> <Carla>. <laughs>
Produ- we have the okay from producer Don. This is great news. Absolutely. So tell uh, us all about it, Carlos. You just started your new job this week. Well, what sort of uh, phone? Nev's got a story you? from uh, theguardian.com. <laughs> We'll, we'll come back to this. We, all right, yeah. all right, okay. <laughs> I, I started my new job this week, and my company, for some bizarre reason, and Be, I lo- what, for, because they're a quality and reliable because, phone. Yes, because they are. And um, can I just say they are an American? I can say this: they are an American-owned company. Um, they have given me an iPhone, and what's that got to do with the price of quality? I, and I don't it, understand. And it, and it took me about five hours to set the blooming thing up and oh blimey god i don't know what you were doing with it because it's like uh, my last iphone took me about two minutes to set up and that included transferring the well, data across <laughs> i i fully intend on using my new work phone as something to hold the office door open as a door wedge thank you yeah yeah anyway. john's just saying he's got half a terabyte's worth of data that he transferred across to his new phone it took him 35 seconds just uh. saying Anyway, so you're doing it wrong. That's essentially what I've got a headache just thinking about my work phone. <laughs> Lovely. What you need is lessons from my. Uh, Carlos is a good PR for any company. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's, he's never got anything negative to say about anyone ever. Uh, anyway, Nev. Uh... <laughs> Nev, we've got a story next, and it's from theguardian.com, and it's about Ash, which is, is what my yes. phone will be when I throw it on a barbecue. Oi! Well, you know, it's. Um... An interesting story, I think. That well, your your phone was an interesting story, I mean, not, not <laughs> I think so, very much so. I, th- I think uh, we should come back the, to it later. Uh, <laughs> it's on theguardian.com, uh, and it says that uh, flights serving the eastern Sicilian city of Catania were halted after an eruption from nearby Mount Etna, local authorities said, bringing fresh troubles to the crisis-plagued Italian airport. The 3,330-metre-high volcano burst into action overnight on Sunday, firing lava and ash high over the Mediterranean island. The lava flow subsided before dawn, but ash was still coming from one of the craters. Flights to and from Catania, a popular tourist destination, were set to remain suspended until 6am on Tuesday morning, the operator said in a statement, dashing hopes that they could resume on Monday night. Passengers were advised to check with airlines before heading to the airport airport on Tuesday, and incoming flights were diverted to other airports in Sicily on Monday. The cancellations come at the peak of the summer holiday season in Italy, whilst Tuesday it was a public holiday. Uh, Catania Mayor Enrico Trantino uh, banned the use of motorcycles and bicycles in the city for 48 hours because many streets were covered in ash and ordered cars to drive no faster than 30 kilometres per hour, 19 miles per hour. Uh, The ash can quickly become slippery on roads and increase the risk of accidents. Uh, The latest cancellations at Catania Airport, which attracts more arrivals than the island's capital, Palermo, uh, came a month after a fire at a terminal building led to weeks of disruption for passengers. The eruption was signalled um, singled last week when uh, Etna uh, emitted gas rings. The extremely rare phenomenon occurs when gas bubbles are pushed through a narrow shaft in the volcano which causes a rotational movement of the margins of the puff of gas making it acquire a ring shape. Uh, there are these are sorry uh, they are propelled hundreds of meters into the air. Smoke rings uh, composed of a mixture of smoke, steam and other gases are expelled at high speed as the rarely seen weird phenomenon appears above Etna before it erupts. Gosh, that's quite a big moment, isn't it? 
There's some stunning photos attached with it, actually. Yeah, do you do you remember, Nev? Um, I have just stuck a couple of pictures actually in the drive mat. I don't know whether you'll get a chance to put them in. Oh, do you remember back to uh, do you back to remember BA009? I do. Yeah, yes. BA009. That was that uh, 747 that uh, flew into that four ash engine cloud. Yes. Four engine flameout. Yes. A four engine flameout on a 747 um, that happened, and that was um, I mean that was back in uh, was 1982. That? Back in, 1982, that's it. Thanks, Nick. That was, yeah, BA009, 1982. I'm scared that you were able to retain that, like, just retrieve that information with no effort. It's in the show notes. Oh, is it? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I wrote it last night. Yes, Speedbird Speeber 9, that was. Obviously, the, the aircraft landed, landed fine, but um, it, had, um, it had some serious uh, damage to the engines there. There's a picture there that uh, Matt's popped on the screen of uh, one of the... Uh, the was it the internal block? I think that's one of the internal guide vanes. Mm. And there's the crew. Uh, that was, I think it was Eric. Uh, was it Moody? Uh, Eric Moody was the Eric captain. Eric Moody. That's it. Eric Moody and, was the captain uh, on that one. Barry Townley Freeman was the not, first Not on a 757, though. No. I can't remember the name of the flight, uh, the first officer off the top of my head. So. Uh, but uh, we'll be coming back to this shot later on, by the way. Just... But they managed to they managed to land that aircraft actually. They restarted the engines. I think that and they've all. I think it was all four. They got all four restarted on. Uh, I think they yeah they ended up yeah. landing on three in the end. Yeah. They, yeah, they did get all four restarted, but one was rough running again, so they shut it down. Yeah, uh, but uh, what the biggest challenge whilst landing was the um, the actual visibility out of the windscreen because the uh, the effect of the volcanic ash has actually shot blasted the the windscreen, so it became opaque. So it was very very difficult to judge height uh, on on finals but uh, the the guys got it down unbelievable um, but this is why when that when that Icelandic uh, volcano went up some time ago that's why all of the airspace was shut around that area and that was a huge problem for uh, US flights coming across uh, Scandinavian flights uh, and all the rest of it but um, yeah there, there's always when there's uh, volcanic ash around even though they are um, perhaps a little less cautious as they were because they now begin to understand that a bit better. I think there's, there's, you know, I think from a passenger point of view, um, that's that's the, the ultimate, you know, problem, isn't it, for safety for them? Yeah. Mm. So story number eight this week is uh, from Armando. It's all about uh, Dea Dea Partners and their uh, Recreational Aviation Foundation. I thought this story was actually pretty cool. This is uh, the French aircraft manufacturer DAR. Uh, they're partnering up with the Recreational Aviation Foundation to help maintain backcountry airstrips. Now, DAR's uh, Kodiak 100 and Kodiak 900 are touted by company officials as the ultimate getaway vehicles with the capability of opening backcountry airfields for outdoor adventures, as well as helping agencies and organizations that protect the environment. Now, a couple years ago now, I think we had Ryan on, the missionary uh, pilot from, uh, I believe he's in Papua New Guinea, or, or was it Indonesia? But either way, he's got an amazing YouTube channel where you can see the true capabilities of the Kodiak air, aircraft and the importance that it provides to some of these remote uh, airstrips, not just in the uh, South Pacific, but really all over the world. In this spirit, the company DAR has backed the Recreational Aviation Foundation, of which I am a part of um, for many years. And in 2023, they, they actually stepped up its support by providing a Kodiak 900 to assist the U.S. Forest Service uh, personnel in accessing two isolated grass strips in the mountains of southeast Idaho. 
uh, pilots and employees of DARS Kodiak Aircraft Company uh, joined officials from the U.S. Forest Service uh, for the air airlift of building materials and support equipment to two U.S. Forest Service grass airstrips. Those were Moose Creek and Shearer. Now, these airstrips traditionally are very difficult to reach with high mountains and the nearest of roads being more than 19 miles away, normally requiring pack animals uh, for a resupply of any kind, according to the officials from the from the company. Now, in the past, the U.S. Air Force, U.S. Air Force, the U.S. Forest Service Rangers were based at these locations. But after years of budget constraints, uh, they created challenges for the government agency to actually maintain these remote airstrips. Uh, using the Kodiak 900, the U.S. Forest Service was able to accomplish maintenance for these airstrips and their structures, along with other support duties, uh, according to DAR. Now, the Recreational Aviation Foundation is a, uh, is a foundation, an organization of volunteers, uh, mostly uh, backcountry pilots, but there's all kinds of support roles. And their mission is actually to preserve access to these remote backcountry airstrips. Now, this is all over the U.S. and Alaska. Um, the The purpose of the organization of the RAF, R, RAF um, is to uh, really create partnerships between local, state, and federal organizations like the U.S. Forest Service um, and, and create a partnership between them and general aviation backcountry uh, airstrip users. It's a, it's a mutually beneficial relationship where the volunteers from the Recreational Aviation Foundation often go out and help maintain these airstrips. They'll take their own aircraft, um, you know, usually Cubs and 180s and things like that. But really, you don't need a whole lot of equipment to get out there and, and maintain these airstrips. This is probably real similar to what you saw Carlos and I fly in. Uh, in, our, in our Cub when we went up to Virginia. It, it, these are remote country airstrips, um, but in providing the ability for general aviation users to, to use them and access them, and you can go camping, and um, they served us dual purpose of uh, their excellent staging bases when there is a need for the U.S. Forest Service or maybe even local um, local authorities to use them for helicopters as a uh, fire base, as an incident command base for uh, any reason. And it's just a, a great partnership between our RAF and the, U the US Forest Service. So go check out their website, um, the Recreational Aviation Foundation. But very cool that the company uh, DAR is actually supporting. DAR. DAR is a pirate airline. Right, okay, uh, that's, um, no, uh, <laughs> just no. <laughs> Great story, then. Thanks. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Armando. <laughs> Dar. Yes, I know. Thanks, John. John's in it. honestly. Sometimes I wish we could plumb John's voice through the show so he could hear what he's saying. But um... no, no. <laughs> we perhaps could use a bit of AI to disguise his voice. But yeah, we could use uh, yes AI. I AI. AI oh, John. Oh, producer John says he is looking into that. Uh-oh. Is this so, actually it like, sounds like some more technology that's going to make my it, head hurt. It's <laughs> worth point it's worth pointing out just quickly guys on a serious note. Do you remember we had the uh missionary pilot on? Yes. Well, yes. yes, yes, yes. Great. He he actually brilliant. He, yeah, his YouTube channel is fantastic. He um flies the Kodiak as well. 
It's um, oh, okay. which Armando's been talking about on here. It's well worth a bit. He's um, still he's still flying actually. He's still doing uh, YouTube videos in the Kodiak. So it's well worth the missionary nice. bush pilot. Missionary bush pilot is who he's, he's on uh, on YouTube. Yeah. We'll we'll try and get him on again, yeah, because he's he's still doing a lot of flying. He was going to stop at one point, but I think he's still uh, uh, doing lots of flying um, still. So we'll try and get him back on. But yeah, now. Moving on to the next story, and I have been looking forward to this story tonight, and I'm going to have to pour myself another scotch because I'm just out here. So, Nev, take it away. When I first saw this story, I assumed that everybody was talking about me um, for reasons which may become <laughs> obvious. It's on uh, airlive.net, and it says, overweight passenger gets stuck in first-class seat on Rude. a British Airways flight. Now, I do concede I am carrying a bit too much timber <laughs> uh, for this time of year, but uh, I, I don't think I was quite at this stage. But in a bizarre and unexpected event, the British Airways flight from Lagos, Nigeria to London on July the 29th of this year witnessed an incident that left both passengers and crew astonished. An overweight passenger found himself trapped in a first-class seat on the Boeing 777-300ER during the six-hour journey. Seated in the capacious 1 Alpha first-class seat... What seat, Nev? Uh, well, I don't have to repeat it, do I? <laughs> for its luxurious amenities, including 78 inches of legroom and a generous seat width of 22 inches, uh, the passenger unknowingly became ensnared by the seat's structure. Now, that's not a word that's used enough in everyday I've not, language. I've I not think. used that word Ensnared since... Ensnared is a Since month. 1979, <laughs> and that was a, We can't talk about that, anyway. Quite, fair uh, enough. But yeah. um, as the situation proved more challenging than anticipated, the decision was made to remove the door of the suite housing the first-class seat and employ a hoist mechanism to carefully disentangle the passengers from his snug but inconvenient position in seat 1 Alpha. The passenger was eventually freed reportedly three hours after landing. Uh, an airline spokesman revealed the passenger was mortified. It's astonishing because the seats are the most spacious available. It was as embarrassing as it can get for him, especially when the door in the cabin had to be removed. Oh, there's just so much material here. Most of it is unbroadcastable, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, I must say... Now, on the one hand, I can understand why this could happen, because with these suites that BA have got, you kind of need to work out how you're going to get in and how you're going to get out of them, because they're not particularly uh, easy to do. They're sort of all right once uh, you're in, are they? Is that the sort yes. of... Yeah. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, what a moment! But yeah, a three-hour job to um, to get him out of, of that suite after they'd landed. What what I'm confused about, and perhaps uh, somebody can try and um, sort of help me get my head round this, though, um, is how did he? If it was that tight and snug, how did he get in there in the first place? It's a bit like putting a book uh, into a jiffy bag with. Padding in it, isn't it? it goes in okay. quite nicely, but when you when it's delivered to somebody, you try and get it out of it. It's really difficult. Um, as some of our I'm listeners, not gonna, may I'm not going to lie, Nev. I've got from us, I've know, got so. quite the image in my head now. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> 
and also maybe with you know changes in temperature and humidity and uh -huh. oh, I don't know, but what a what a state of affairs, honestly. But quite. Uh, um, I hope, hope BA didn't. Well, I mean, that might, might have. I don't, obviously, if, yeah, three hours after learning, yes, it wouldn't have affected the return uh, leg. I don't. Let's think. hope not. No. But, uh, depending on how long the aircraft was on the ground afterwards, but so uh, that, that I wonder if three hours tried. actually, yeah, three hours after landing does eat into the uh, the next sector probably of that. Mm. Uh, that so uh, yeah, there so we just, are. Just wondering if they might have tried any lubrication. Yeah, that's a different kind of podcast, uh, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which we're not authorised to. Oh do. my! Oh dear! Oh dear. Uh, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this on our own podcast here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, family show, guys. Family show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. we, we need an NPE from seat 1A of yeah. a 777-300ER, Nev. Why, what are you suggesting? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I wish I could afford the ticket price. But, oh, OK. Uh, but, uh, blag yeah, it, Nev, blag it. Well, that would, well I'm, I'm going to... I've got a BA blagging story later on, on my own, which I, m I may discuss uh, <gasps> after the military. Well, that's Ooh. exciting. OK. okay. Right, moving uh, on, then, quickly. Moving on, moving on. No, <laughs> we Armando, need to make time for this. I'm sorry, we can't let this Armando go. has yeah. got the next story, and he sent us a video in for this because he's, he's an absolute legend, as always. And uh, Armando sent us in a video, and it's all from yahoo.com. And it's all about uh, wheels up aircraft management business. Now, this next story is regarding the company Wheels Up. It's from multiple sources. We've talked about Wheels Up on the show. They are one of the largest uh, private jet provider, uh, well, actually, private uh, transport provider companies in the in the U.S. with a large fleet of Nextent jets and uh, Beechcraft King Airs. Now, just this week, uh, Wheels Up reported uh, more. Uh, second quarter losses, uh, and then and then a couple of days ago, Delta Airlines said that it was actually leading a $500 million investment into the company after the company uh, Wheels Up reported declining revenues and cash, with Reuters actually warning that the company could seek bankruptcy protection in its uh, next uh, IRS filing. Now, just a couple of days ago, uh, Delta Airlines announced that it was actually leading this major investment into, like I said, the third largest private jet operator based on charter and fractional ownership hours. Now, it did announce that this was a non-binding agreement for $500 million, two wheels up, that included funds contributed uh, by Delta Airlines, as well as CK Opportunities Fund, uh, which is uh, co-managed by affiliates of Sertaris. Um, Delta Airlines, if you remember, actually sold off their private uh, jets, Delta private jets, two wheels up back in 2020. Um, it was actually the largest stakeholder with almost a 20% stake prior to the news of, of, of uh, the investment. And that it, Delta Airlines and the other investors, will now control 95% of the wheels up company. Now, Delta's Chief Financial Officer Dan uh, Janke replaces Ravi Takran as the Wheels Up chairman as part of this deal, and Todd Smith will continue as their Chief Financial offer, Officer and their interim CEO. Both of those gentlemen joined Wheels Up in 2022, um, and uh, both of them actually were longtime veterans of GE and Delta. But since May, uh, and when, this I believe when we talked about it on the show, um, both CNBC, Wall Street Journal, and many other financial uh, companies had reported that that 
Basically, Wheels Up was on the verge of bankruptcy. Most importantly, for Wheels Up members um, who would have been unsecured creditors in the bankruptcy, they're going to be able to keep their fund credits and continue to fly under the current program with the rules and pricing. Now, in the latest financials, as this is all kind of coming out, it showed that uh, Wheels Up members had actually prepaid for $828 million for future flights. Since 2020, the other two, uh, uh, two other uh, top 20 private jet operators, JetSuite and Jetit, had actually both collapsed. And we did talk about Jetit because they were the largest uh, user of Honda Jets. Now, Wheels Up, with this cash infusion from Delta Airlines, uh, the Wheels Up members can actually now take this 828 total million dollars and they can actually use them to buy tickets on Delta Airlines. Additionally, they can earn miles and status in Delta Airlines uh, Sky Miles loyalty program, bringing to the airline some highly sought after what they called high yield uh, travelers. Um, now, similarly, as part of this deal, uh, Wheels Up were also, in addition to being a charter and a fractional ownership company, they were actually an aircraft management company, meaning that a private aircraft owner, a jet owner, could put the aircraft under management from uh, from Wheels Up. Well, as part of this whole thing, a company called Airshare, it's a pretty big aircraft management company here in the U.S., announced that it had signed a letter of intent to purchase the Wheels Up aircraft management business. Now, once this is all signed. The deal is expected to close the third quarter, which we're uh, in. And of course, it's subject to all the approvals, government approvals and closing conditions. Um, Wheels Up current chairman of operations, Dave Holtz, said that the company is actually looking forward to closely working with Airshare through the process as a proven operator with a strong record of success in the aircraft management space. Now, Airshare is actually based in Overland Park, Kansas. It's one of the fastest growing companies in private aviation. Over the past 23 years, Airshare has offered a full suite of private aviation solutions, including their revolutionary days-based fractional ownership and Embark jet cards, aircraft management, charter services, and third-party maintenance. Now, Airshare has significantly expanded its geographic footprint due to customer demand, including a recent expansion into Chicago and South Florida. Now, with this potential acquisition from Wheels Up, Airshare would have aircraft management customers nationwide, setting the stage for even faster growth in aircraft management, fractional and charter programs, um, which is, of course, aligning with the, air, with the company's long-term plans. Uh, on our corporate aviation special, we talked a little bit about how all of this works. There are different operating regulations. There are different ways to own aircraft. If you want to buy a Global or a Hawker or a, or a Learjet or anything like that, you can own it outright. You can own it and then have somebody manage it. You can have it own it and then put it under charter um, while you still have exclusive use to it. But then you can put it under a charter business where uh, your aircraft gets leased out, but you have access to other aircraft, you know, depending on your mission needs. So maybe you own a Learjet, but you want to get to London so you can actually use some of your credit to charter a global or a Gulfstream to get to London or get to Singapore. Um, there's all kinds of different ways in the business aviation uh, industry, The this part of aviation is actually pretty convoluted. It can be pretty convoluted. Um, wheels up, again, just you know, being one of the largest 
companies in this space, uh, them almost going under uh, would have been pretty catastrophic, both in the industry, both to the pilots and all the support personnel, operations personnel. So getting this cash infusion from Delta Airlines is pretty significant and keeping this company around. So uh, we'll still see their very significant uh, what do you call it? Remarkable paint scheme that they have. They go go look it up, but it, usually all the aircraft are white with a big blue stripe, and it just says up on the tail. Um, so it looks like, well, we may see that. Maybe we'll just start seeing some Delta Tridents um, on the back of some business aircraft. Love that. Love that. Thanks for that, Armando. Now, I'm guessing, now, listening to Armando and obviously reading the story that we've got here in front of us, I'm thinking that this is very similar to NetJets that we have here, obviously, in, yeah. in, in Europe. So where you can, if you are of that kind of league where you can afford to um, call on a, a jet to take you from A to B, like this airshare is kind of the U.S., the main U.S. version of kind of NetJets, mm. I would say, on this. But it, it must be nice, though, to be able to have that kind of um, uh, option if you had the money to, yeah. like, like for, for like for me and you, Matt, if we me and you wanted to go up to Edinburgh, <laughs> say on a, on a flight, yeah, you know we've we're li we're not limited, but we are limited in in regards to you know we can fly from Stansted or from Norwich at a very big premium to fly up yeah. to um to to Edinburgh, but big you can money. call on it, but we can call on a company like NetJets or or in the US Airshare to to supply a jet to us. At an airport of our choosing to fly to to where we want to go. So they could potentially, essentially, go to um, they could they could go to Norwich Airport and pick us up from there, for example. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. We we could say we want to go to Edinburgh, and they could they'd fly a jet into to Norwich mm. from me and you. We'd hop on board and you know go up to there and. Now, uh, just just to interrupt uh, proceedings ever so slightly, I know we're tight on time, but uh, somebody who's supposed to be getting on an aeroplane and going home, uh, who is not and is watching us from an airport floor at the oh. moment, it has to be said. Poor Mr. Warner is currently watching us on his tablet. Bless him. Well done for that. Uh, he's currently sat on an airport floor because apparently, uh, I won't use the language he's used, that he sat on the floor. He's not pleased about it. Uh, stupid delay, apparently, because crew uh, that are, t uh, are on the flight are not uh, available at the moment. So he's uh, waiting for crew to arrive. Uh, just as a point of order, actually, I should be getting an additional appearance fee uh, for, for that picture. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, yes, always a concern. Yeah, <laughs> and you can still see how crisp Nev's shirt is, even on that picture in picture. <laughs> yes, quite. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on, next part of the show, it's all about the caption is just for fun. The segment we run each week on the show, we pop a picture up on our Facebook page uh, during on a Wednesday, normally on a Wednesday, and we pop a picture up for you to comment on this week. The picture that we actually put on there was supplied by our very own Armando this week. And it's a military-based picture. Now, we left you uh, to, to leave us your wittiest comments on here. And uh, now, Nev, I'm not going to ask you to, to, to dis, um, describe this picture because I know, obviously, you are way too in-depth in your military <laughs> knowledge. But for those of you uh, listening uh, this is a picture of uh, what i can only describe as a kind of a a movable platform on the ground with an a10 tank buster upside down on top to look like a 
a weapons platform, I would say. Now, we had some uh, interested parties on uh, there this week, so we'll kick things off. Uh, uh, Nev, do you want to take the first one? Yes, I will, yeah. Uh, well, there's a whole selection of uh, comments on this one, actually. Uh, and uh, John Luke says, uh, filming begins on the US uh, Air Force sequel to Iron Eagle. Taking a lead from Pete uh, Mitchell, I was five feet away, inverted. And uh, Sturman, our very own Sturman, says that satellite navigation upgrade. Uh -huh. um, Melissa says, Nan, you said you knew how to park this thing. <laughs> uh, Leanne, uh, from the Kitchen Disco era, I might add, Matt, oh my goodness. Uh, says Thunderbirds are not go. <laughs> Somebody called Sue Bounds. I don't know who she is. I heard uh, that name somewhere before. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. It's the new Cirque du Soleil act. <laughs> uh, who's going to be funny? Who's who's this next one, uh, Nick? Oh, uh, yeah, just some funny guy called Nick Codling. Never heard of him. We should no. probably kick him out. <laughs> um, in Armando's latest flying adventure, he found a new way to retrieve lost change. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Uh, Paul says the latest device to get the money from our pilot for his round of beverages. Oh dear. Oh uh, Sean says Australian Top Gun filming <laughs> begins. <laughs> That's outrageous. <laughs> That's that on, on behalf of everyone, I apologise to our Grant, Grant you know, you know, Grant McCarran is watching, is, is listening to this. He's thinking, what's this? Fuming, picture? What's this he is absolutely yeah. fuming. Yeah. Have you got the uh, next one? Uh, oh, Short, Sean. Uh, well, Mark, Mark says I will just leave it here until PTUK take their pictures. <laughs> yes, Jonathan Warner would be there. Yeah, literally just done that for our purposes, essentially. Is that yeah. what we're saying? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair and uh, Richard King says uh, Australian flight simulator. <laughs> some references. To I don't know why I'm finding that so funny. I'm uh, so sorry. Chris <laughs> Mitchell says. Don't know if that was the gun or if I've just filled my pants. Oh dear! Oh, family show, ladies and family gentlemen. Show. Family, family show. Family show. <laughs> uh, let's have a look at the chat room because I know the chat room does like to make a comment on these uh, these particular pictures. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, we've got uh, <laughs> Dirk S. Honestly, Dirk. Dirk says, Gemma, I replaced our garden fountain. <laughs> uh, Richard Adams says, uh, well, you did say that the warthog needed a gun turret. Yes, very good. Uh, Mr. Warner says, a, the A-10 rodeo went down a storm at Wings over Michigan. Very good. Uh, I'd like to see someone ride the A-10. Uh, what else we got here? Um... Captain Ridiculous Wits says, This is not sunny side up. Uh, Mark says, The A10 was capable to kick your butt at any angle. Uh, Mikey, uh, new face in the chat room, says, Wheels up. Very good, Mikey. Uh, Richard Adams, uh, not quite the radar guided missile the US Air Force had in mind when they ordered. Uh, hobby time. He goes with a bit of an Australian sort of kick with. He says, it flew from a land down under. And, uh, we know we'll a go. song about that, don't we, children? I know. Yeah. Cat Ridiculous Wits says, sun tanning my belly. And we'll finish off <laughs> with Mark Priestley, who says, was in a rush to deliver the 
Dark Deliver Ops. It in the Dark Ops, yes. Yes, yes. See what he did there. Yeah. Thanks to everyone <laughs> who has uh, contributed this week on our Caption This Just For Fun picture. There'll be another one, hopefully, on our Facebook social medias next Wednesday. So if make Carlos sure remembers, that is. Yeah. If I remember, uh, hopefully next week. So, uh, yeah, we'll make sure you get your comments in on that on our Facebook page. Right, up next then, it is the military segment. So, Nev is going to go off and grab himself a Pinot Grigio. <laughs> and, uh, Matt, if you'd like to hit the button. Here we go. Blast up, buggies, one, three, five, fifty, angels, sixty, eight, three, four, zero. Okay, Thank you, Carlos, for that story. Now, this next one is from warbirdnews.com. Really cool museum that we've talked about. I've talked about on the show. The National Museum of the United States Air Force is welcoming a brand new PT-17 to its collection. It's essentially a Boeing Stearman. The museum actually welcomed the aircraft after a ceremonial transfer at Joint Base Andrews that coincided with the 75th anniversary of the integration of the U.S. Armed Forces. Now, this aircraft is only one of two existing PT-17s that were used to train the Tuskegee Airmen in World War II. Obviously, the Tuskegee Airmen was the first, uh, they were the first black pilots to fly in the U.S. military. That goes back to 1941 when the U.S. Army Air Corps announced the formation of its first ever black combat unit, the 99th Pursuit Squadron. Uh, obviously, there's been some <clears throat> some movies made about this, this uh, unit also. Now, those pilots trained at Mountain Field and Tuskegee Army Airfield in Tuskegee, Alabama. Before closing in 1946, there was almost a 1,000 uh, Tuskegee Airmen that received their primary flight training at Mountain Field. Now, this particular aircraft was acquired through the aircraft exchange with the Collings Foundation American Heritage Museum in Hudson, Massachusetts. They transferred it to the National Museum of the, U of the U.S. Air Force, and while they were doing that, Rob Collins, their executive director, said that it was a little emotional to leave the aircraft behind. The National Museum of the U.S. Air Force is such a spectacular museum. This aircraft deserves to be on the national stage. Going through the museum and seeing the crowds that are here, I hope this aircraft will inspire everyone who comes through. It's in the right location. It needs to be here. Now, among the people who flew this aircraft were James uh, Hyatt, who was an instructor, and then Cadet Kermit Baylor. Hyatt was a notable flight instructor who trained both fighter and bomber pilots. And Baylor, following his military service, actually went on to become a civil rights activist, a lawyer, and a public servant in both state and national government. Now, I've said it before, I'll say it a hundred times, the National Museum of the United States Air Force and Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Dayton, Ohio, probably one of the best museums, aviation museums in the world. And if anybody ever gets a chance to go there, uh, please do so. It's also the birthplace of the Wright brothers. So you might as well make a whole aviation trip out of it. I'm so sorry, ladies and gentlemen, there's been an incident. That's the best way to describe it. There's been an incident on air. Uh <laughs> And we've officially lost Nev and or Carlos. Uh, I can only apologise. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's... Uh... <laughs>
<laughs> are you able to recover, Carlos, or do I need to oh, need to just I'm here. summarize? Don't panic, right, Matt. Okay. I'm, I'm here. Don't panic. Very good. Right. Yes. Hold on. Can Honestly, just... sometimes if you if you could hear, dear listener, some of the conversations that take place while we're not uh, while we're not on air. I mean, oh, we. I, I mean, honestly. Nev, stop it! Because you're putting me off. <laughs> um, oh, no, dear. that was very, very. Honestly, that's terrible. That's for that's for later on. Um, I've got to try and compose myself. I don't myself, understand eh? what's happening this evening. Oh, Nick, you're right. I don't know what's going on tonight at all. I just, just like so it. the next story on the military segment comes to oh. us from. I'm going to not going to look at Nev. No. The com and uh, military aircraft bring the boom during Northern Lighting uh, Lightning this month. Fighter jets will be zooming and sonic booming over the northeast Wisconsin as the state hosts a two-week military exercise. He's looking all serious now. Uh, Northern Lighting uh, Lightning brings the Air Force, National Guard, Marine and Navy units from Arizona, Florida, Minnesota, Ohio and Virginia together at Volkfield, northwest of the Wisconsin Dells. From August the 7th to 18th of August, they'll participate in combat readiness exercises involving more than 60 aircraft and a thousand service members. In addition, representatives from allied countries are coming to observe the exercises. And in, viewing, in the viewing area, the flight zone includes Brown, Calmet, Dodge, Fond du Lac, Green Lake, Outagami? What a weird name is that? Shiboyang, Wapak. Now I can see why Armando gave me this story. Uh, the busiest times will be between 8.30 in the morning and 5.30 in the evening. Bulk Field is one of the four combat readiness training areas in the U.S. It's 9,000-foot runway built exclusively for military use. It can accommodate most military aircraft and is permitted up to 200 miles of training airspace to an altitude of 50 thousand feet blimey uh, during nor previous uh, northern lightning exercises we were told they trained for adversary aircraft electronic jamming and surface to air threats three f-117 jets have been deployed to dulleth uh, air force air national guard base minnesota to take air part in northern lightning 2023 uh, northern lightning is one of seven air national guard joint accredited exercises held at a combat readiness training center from august 7th to the 18th uh, 2023 volk field combat readiness training center in wisconsin is hosting the most of the 60 aircraft and a thousand service members taking part in the combat readiness uh, exercise uh, it's bringing together the U.S. Air Force, National Guard, Marine and Navy units from Arizona, Florida, Minnesota, Ohio, Virginia to provide a tactical level joint training environment. Northern Lightning emphasizes air interdiction and fourth and fifth generation fighter interdiction while focusing specifically on air unit career crew training objectives to prepare for participating units for both the air, state and federal missions, says the Wisconsin National Guard. Uh, the focus of the drills is opposed to air interdiction and close air support against a highly integrated air defence system composed of relative surface-to-air and air-to-air -air threats in contested and degraded operational environments. With offensive and defensive counter-air and suppression and destruction of enemy air defences and close air support missions flown by the participating assets. Interestingly, among them is uh, there are also three F-117s, the Black Jets from Tunapal Test Range Airfield, 
are not deployed to Volk Airfield, but are operating at Duluth uh, Air National Guard Base in Minnesota, where they've been arri arrived on the 4th of August. The F-117s are supporting the national or the exercise over Wisconsin, flying daily in pairs uh, using their very well-known radio call sign, Night. Uh, photographer Zach P. Nipper got a close look at the iconic jets as they returned from their Northern Lightning mission on August the 8th this year. It's no longer a secret that the 15 years after being officially retired, the F-117s are being actively used not only for training purposes as adversary aircraft and cruise missile surrogates, but also for research, development, test and evaluation. They said we've already reported in detail about the recent participation in exercise Northern Edge in Alaska, where they deployed, uh, to, uh, they, were, they were deployed uh, to Joint Base Elmendorf-Richardson along with some really interesting test beds. What is clear is that after the secretly operating, uh, they had been secretly operating for several years, their official retirement in 2008, the stealth jets are now public supporting the most uh, important exercises in the US. They said that we don't know the exact role that the F-117s played in the exercise, but uh, if they were called in, their somewhat vintage stealth capabilities were needed to make the scenario more challenging for other players. I know someone who would appreciate that would be Jonathan Warner. I know that mm -hmm. uh, he has said in the chat room, he's just commented in the chat room, actually, he would give his, well, he would give a lot to see the F-117s. So if anyone does have uh, the opportunity to go and see an F-117, just get in contact with us. We'll pass those details on to Jonathan Warner, <laughs> as I'm sure he will very much appreciate that. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So next up, Armando has got a video for us uh, in the military segment this week. And uh, this one comes to us from the warbirdsnews.com, all about the National Museum of the U.S. Air Force that's welcoming a PT-17 to its collection. Uh, this next military story is from Task and Purpose. It's a popular military website. Um, just a couple months ago in June, the U.S. military commemorated the 79th anniversary of D-Day uh, with some airdrops, some flyovers, and uh, gatherings of veterans there in Normandy. Um, I have some friends still at RAF Mildenhall who got to participate in that. It was always such a unique event uh, that the uh, Special Operations Group for us got a chance to participate in. A really humbling experience to get down there uh, to Normandy and, and still, you know, meet with people from so many nations to commemorate such a notable event in history, specifically, you know, in, in the turning point of World War II. So now, just two months after all those celebrations, the Air Force is actually getting a head start on the celebrations for next year. Six C-130J Hercules are uh, getting a fresh coat of paint. They're from Ramstein Air Base in Germany. They're now sporting those large alternating black and white stripes uh, echoing the same patterns that were used on World War II aircraft for the invasion of Normandy. The C-130Js are from the 37th Airlift Squadron. They're going to take place, uh, take part in a flyover of Normandy next June as part of the 80th anniversary celebrations. So nearly 80 years ago, that paint job had a clear purpose during that the war and specifically that invasion. The stripes were assigned to any allied forces on the ground to not fire on them or mistake them for German warplanes. One uh, C-47 Skytrain known as Whiskey 7 was actually sporting the invasion stripes when it became the first troop carrier to cross uh, into German lines during D-Day. 
Uh, now, it's unclear why the Air Force is starting the work so early. Again, the 80th anniversary is uh, not for another 10 months, but the U.S. military is already planning its events tied to next year's commemoration. Overall plans haven't been revealed quite yet, but the fresh paint on the planes appears to be one of the first steps in the preparation. The 86th Maintenance Squadron painted the Liberation or the Invasion Stripes on those six airplanes and put Whiskey 7 markings on the uh, C-130Js as well. Uh, the Air Force has regularly put the Invasion Stripes on different aircraft uh, for D-Day commemorations, including this year's celebrations with fighter jets and transport aircraft, both uh, sporting the kind of historic paint scheme. Um, either way, so uh, pretty cool, and uh, I'm still you know honored to have been part of an organization that has such a rich history in helping other countries and i if anybody gets a chance to go over to normandy for the 80th anniversary um please do so and then send us some cool videos and pictures and let us know how it was very cool yeah the uh, the pt-17 is a heck of a aircraft as well i will say Actually, we were lucky this week, guys, weren't we, on our group chat that we got some really, really great videos that we sent from Armando um, of his flying activities with uh, with the uh, Stearman and also his uh, Cub as well, weren't we? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it was good to see. Good to see those mm. pictures and videos and stuff. Yeah, we are we are lucky to have Armando. I will just point out again, we are lucky to have Armando because we do get some very, very great videos sent to us on our group, little kind of PTA, uh, PTK group host chat of Armando's flying adventures. It does uh, make for entertaining viewing, I will say. Uh, next up, avweb.com. And it's all about uh, an ejection from a MiG-23 at the Michigan Air Show. Uh, two people. Uh, aboard a MiG-23 fighter were slightly injured when they ejected from the Cold War fighter jet in an air show in Michigan on Sunday last week. Uh, the swing-wing jet was part of the finale of the Thunder over Michigan at Willow Run Airport when the two punched out during a moderate turn over Belleville Lake. They ended up in the water and were rescued quickly. The aircraft crashed to the ground uh, and of an apartment building in Bellevue. Authorities said the plane wiped out some unoccupied cars in the parking lot, but there were no injuries on the ground. My word, that was incredibly lucky. Uh, the aircraft was owned by former Navy pilot Dan Filler and was based at Longview, Texas. Uh, Filler operates a museum and collects Soviet-era aircraft. He was listed as the pilot uh, at the air show. Uh, Wayne County uh, Airport Authority released the following statement. They said that shortly after 4 p.m. Sunday, a MiG-23 uh, demonstration aircraft performing at the Yankee Air Museum's Thunder over Michigan Air Show crashed into the parking lot at the Waverley on Lake Apartments in Bellevue. Uh, the pilot, a backseater, successfully ejected from the aircraft before the crash and while it did not appear they sustained any significant injuries, first responders, uh, responders uh, transported the pair to a nearby hospital as a precaution. The aircraft struck unoccupied vehicles at the apartment complex parking lot, and none of the uh, apart, no one at the apartment complex uh, nor the show was injured. The FAA is investigating the crash. Hmm. We haven't had a story like that in the show for a while. Uh, there is a video online uh, that on social media. I know that uh, we'll probably put some notes, uh, links in that to the show notes for that video. But uh, obviously, 
was a good outcome from that because they were obviously very, only just slightly injured the pilots on there. So it's it's sad to see these jets, these uh, Cold War era jets, obviously when this kind of thing happens. But it's always always a good news to hear uh, when the crews and the flight crew in, involved were uh, you know escaped uh, without uh, very serious harm. So good on that. Now, last up on the military news this week, Armando's got uh, a video for us, and it's all about an aircraft that we sadly said goodbye to here in the UK and the Royal Air Force uh, a few weeks back, and it's all about uh, the C-130. And you got two videos, Carlos. I don't know where you got that from. Uh, story four. Yes, we have played it. The C-130 story? Yeah. D-Day one? No, we haven't played this one. Yeah, we have. Are you sure? Yeah, I think we yeah, played it before. Yeah, 100%. The story before last. Yeah, it was yeah. the story before last. Yeah, okay. We only had two military videos from Carlo, uh, from Armando. Uh, from Armando. Yeah. The first one was, uh, um, yeah, the... T oh, because you skipped the first one, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And then, so... Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Okay. Moving on to the next part of the show, and it's all about the book quiz. Time for you to win yourself a book. Nev, you set the question, didn't you, uh, all about this, but you have got a book to give away this week, haven't you? Oh, yes, we have. And uh, I was just very pleased to see on my doorstep this morning a delivery from Grub Street Publishing, and it was Stanford Tuck, uh, Hero of the Battle of Britain, written by Helen Doe. I've had a quick flick through to a really interesting read about uh, all the things that went on uh, with this gentleman during the Battle of Britain. Anyway, this week's question is, well, we all know that Matt's favourite aircraft is the Boeing 757. Oh, here Ooh. we go. Uh, Matt's <laughs> going to bring a, p a picture of that. Is he? Well. Oh, right, OK. Is that, so is that what I was looking at earlier, was it? So yeah. we can enjoy okay. it. Yeah, right. Well, British Airways, of course, operated a fleet of these aircraft on the UK shuttle routes, which was uh, the main capital cities. Uh, so Edinburgh, um, also uh, to Glasgow and Belfast, uh, amongst other places, and also on some medium-haul operations. I certainly went on a, a 757 to Stockholm. Arlanda uh, years ago. But the question is, uh, although they've all retired them now, how many 757s did BA operate? How many 757s did BA operate in total? Podcast at plaintalkinguk.com. Send your answer in and next week we will draw out a, uh, a winner and we'll send you the book. Mm. It's as easy as that. Yeah, you got the uh, question there. And uh, as we said, details we'll have some more details on that at the end of the show where you can now send your got a answers bit of into. Supplementary competition as well here. Oh, um, Nev. Yes. Now this is all a bit. Uh, this wasn't in the show notes, and we're doing a, a bit on the fly, as we say in, in the business here. But um, I was looking at the BA website the other day, and I noticed that they're offering for executive club members uh, a training session at the BA Global Learning Academy. At Heathrow. I'll just read you a little bit about it. It says our state-of-the-art training facility doesn't just prepare our colleagues for every possible scenario. It also, for five lucky aviation fans, will provide an excellent and engaging day out. This month, the BA Global Learning Academy is giving away a half-day cabin crew training session at the London Heathrow Engineering Base for five executive club members and one guest each on the 18th of October 2023. 
experience a range of cabins, health and safety briefings, fire training and test out the emergency evacuation slides. Uh, please note attendees must be over 14 years old, fit to fly, wear flat shoes and trousers on the day and have a valid passport to enter the building. The winners will be selected at random and the prize draw closes at 23.59 BST on the 20th of September. So as Carlos and I are both BA Executive Club members, we are going to both enter this competition ourselves. If one of us is successful, or if both of us are successful, that'd be good, wouldn't it? But if one wow. of us is successful, we could take a guest with us. Um, so you would have to be available on the 18th of October 2023 at Heathrow. Um, but of course, that depends if we win. Uh, so we'll know uh, in about a month's time whether we've won or not. I'm obviously there's going to be so many people entering this competition, but it's worth a go. So we'll see how we get on. But if one of us wins it, uh, the guest will be one of you, dear listeners, if you can make it. But only if we win. <laughs> only if we win. Yeah. Only yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Ne Never sent me the link over, so I shall be um, going online after we finish the show, and I'm going to be entering that competition as well. So fingers crossed, either me or Nev will possibly win that competition, and then uh, obviously, as Nev said, one of you lovely listeners will get the chance to uh, join me or Nev uh, on that uh, awesome day. Possibly. Who knows? Who I'm, knows? I'm very confused. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. Well, fingers crossed for you both. That, that'll be a lot of fun, won't it? Nev's probably got more chance than I have, because Nev is obviously like a, you know... Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think it, it doesn't really matter what status you have as long as you're a BA exec uh, member. So um, we'll have to see. See how we get on. Ooh. So, well, that'd be so good if... if oh, it'd be so good if one of us wins. What a awesome prize that would be for one of our listeners. Mm. Definitely, yep, yeah. yeah. But uh, there we go. Let's see how we get on, and we'll report back in just uh, just over a month's time. Fingers okay. crossed, everyone. <laughs> so before we uh, well before we finish the show, obviously uh, we need to uh, obviously address our social media links where people can go to find out more about us on social media. So Nev, if no one knows where we are. Where can they find us? Oh, yes. Well, they should do by now. Um, if you want to visit us uh, on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, just so search the social medias. Or, or X, I suppose, whatever we call it now. Or X. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, the WhatsApp number, that hasn't changed. That's plus 44 757, appropriately enough, 2249166. That's plus 44 You can email the show, as we mentioned earlier, podcast at Plain Talking UK. Com, and the website is www.playingtalkinguk.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well and you'll get notifications when we go live. Just go to youtube.com and search for Plain Talking UK and you can become a Patreon too. Uh, if you look on the website you'll find ways of supporting the channel and that helps us a great deal with media hosting costs and all the cables and all the stuff that we have to replace from time to time. So uh, have a look at uh, Plain Talking UK. UK.com and all the infos on there.
there we go and uh, don't forget as well that uh, caption is next wednesday hopefully and uh, also uh, don't forget to get your answers in for nev's book quiz because you can get the chance to win that awesome book we're going to be running hopefully running uh, many more book quizzes right through uh, well as long as we can as long as we have books coming in we'll, we'll uh, give them away as prizes so make sure you keep an eye on the show uh, for your chance to win uh, some of our awesome books on there uh so quick round rob before we finish the show right nev what are you doing next week uh right i'm on a plane finally Yay! and i'm going with mrs nev to the uh emerald isle i'm going to dublin uh in fact just south of dublin for a couple of days just to see um see one of my chums one of my business chums down there so we're just going there down there for a couple of days hopefully the weather will be reasonable but of course with ireland you can get four seasons in one day very much so, what, yes. what time of the year it is so you never quite know uh so yes i'm doing that on uh, tuesday and coming back on thursday nice. and matt what are you doing next week uh working 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 and working Excellent. Thanks for that, Matt. That sounds massively exciting. <laughs> yeah, you know, Matt, he likes to uh, pack Yeah, no, no, no. Every, every day, every day, every, every day. day I'm working. Thursday. Uh, Nick, Nick, what are you doing next week? Work, 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 work. Okay, that very sounds good. Five. very, good. very well exciting. Done, yes. John, what are you doing next week? Excellent. Well done. Thank you Moving for that, on, John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And uh, a big thanks to, uh, thanks to, well, thanks to everyone Actually, for to tuning be fair, in this I evening. Am, I am doing something quite cool next week because I'm not on the uh, show next week, sadly, uh, which means you'll be sat in this seat here. Um, so just so that you know. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? You know, you know what's happening. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see John next Friday. Oh, am I doing? The, am I yeah. pushing the buttons next week? You are, yeah, yeah. So next week, then we might be live on YouTube <laughs> at seven pm uh, on uh, YouTube. We might not be. If yeah. not, we will get some string and some cups, right? And we will try and do something. Don't panic. Very good. Okay. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so a big thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. All the usual members in there. Great to see you all in there. Don't forget as well, thanks to everyone who listens to us as an audio podcast as well each week. Thank you to you as well. And also, don't forget, if you do listen to us as an audio podcast via the glorious iTunes and many of the other podcast streaming platforms, don't forget, if you get a spare five minutes leave us a little review on there because it does help to push us up on the old tables with the, the uh, podcast streaming platforms so leave us a little review uh, on there thank you very much indeed and uh, yeah that is about all we've got time for this week thank you again to everyone for tuning in thanks to our glorious production team thanks <laughs> to john and thanks to nick as well for putting all the uh, bits and pieces together uh, for the show this week and <laughs> Yeah, thanks to everyone who contributes to the show each week. It's a great help for us all. Uh, thanks to Nev. Thanks to Matt for being in the studio with all the mass tech that he does each week. He won't be here next week, and hopefully I will, but we'll soon find out. So don't forget to join us next Friday, 7 o'clock, hopefully, fingers crossed, here on YouTube for the next episode of Plain Talking UK podcast. Have a great weekend, whatever you're up to. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. Take care, everyone. Say goodbye. See you. Goodbye. Bye-bye.